Good morning, world. This is the Fifth Ward Wildcat. And who am I sp- uh, sitting across from? This is KG, and you are listening to a, another installment of the KG and Fifth Ward Wildcat podcast. How's everybody doing? Hope you're doing well. I'm a little bit under the weather. I'm a trooper. Because I'm an HSD product. That's how we do things back in HSD. <laughs> so uh, that's right. So do you want to talk about the the devastating news, yeah, or we'll, 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 now, or you want to talk about the scores? Well, we'll talk about the scores. Get that out of the way because that's quick. All right. Uh, over the past, over the weekend, uh, we had um, soccer, women's soccer. Uh, Rice House they put out a stunner uh, against uh, Magnet State, three uh, zero, three uh, nil, as in soccer terms. Oh, very good, sir. That's very good. That's so <laughs> their second home shutout. Uh, I mentioned it to Coach uh, uh, Adams about uh, how they uh, seem to be not just holding a home uh, home pitch advantage. Another soccer. I'm learning. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. talk about all these terms now. Oh yeah, send you over to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 eventually, I was a football <laughs> discussion. Yes, and, and trust me, world football, not the American football, world football. That's right. All right, go ahead, keep going. <laughs> and uh, coach talked about uh, how you, well, folks, I will mention this. You can go to the web uh, to the uh, uh, to the website www.kingsizeview.com. Hit the hot key on my photo. The key College Sports Report, and you will see the video uh, post game uh, of Coach uh, Coach Adams and uh, Coach Lavoy from uh, McNeese State. Uh, they came in a time of bad trip for them. They uh, got uh, uh, beat in both uh, both matches. Uh, they lost to HBU on Friday night, and on Sunday afternoon they. Uh, uh, lost again to uh, Rice. The team, in particular, I will, I did acknowledge this. They have great first half, great first half, uh, first 45 minutes, and then once the um, you know halftime adjustment, folks, you know you, you can talk about these other areas and all, but this Houston humidity, this Texas heat. <laughs> At day and night, it would get next to you if you're not in shape. Okay, and then you played Texas, Texas on Monday. On Monday night. Didn't do very well. Didn't do very well. Second game, uh, they gave up early goals. Uh, then the uh, exhibition against TCU uh, in the game, uh, the uh, regular season home, uh, home opener, uh, they had uh, close to uh, 1,500 uh, fans. A record crowd, wasn't it? Yeah, a yeah. record crowd. Folks, they're they doing something over there. Somebody's doing some marketing. That's good. And, and But now, the key to the marketing, as you and I talk on a regular basis, will be next Saturday when all these holidays and all are showing up and what these folks will do with UCLA coming in town. But the Longhorns women oh. beat UVA 3 nothing. correct? You, it's, it's, it's a difference. It's, it's, it's a difference. Uh, you can also uh, I talk to uh, head coach... Uh, uh, God, my goodness, having a senior moment right now. Uh, but uh, I talked to the head coach. I talked to uh, the uh, kick keeper for uh, uh, UT and the head coach at UT. Um, the one thing that I noticed more than anything else was the way they set up their their goals. They spread spread you out and run six, and then it's a corner kick. 
right, what, what else? What uh, more scores? Now, uh, and that's pretty much it as far as the scores this weekend. Everybody else gets started uh, tomorrow. Uh, volleyball, even TSU gets going uh, with both their volleyball and their soccer programs. You t- uh, Texas Southern has a uh, volleyball uh, has a, a uh, uh, soccer match at home against North Texas, seven o'clock at Dirley Stadium. Folks, come out and watch them play. Um, it is not the TSU of all. We'll, we'll see. Y'all let talk now. Whatever. We'll see. But uh, And then we have volleyball this weekend at, at, at Tudor Fieldhouse on Rice on campus of Rice University. They've got uh, Rice starts out there uh, 2011 season. With their Invitational. With their uh, Rice Invitational 1. Um, and their uh, home opener is against Delaware on Friday night. And then Sunday afternoon, they play National Power um, Stanford. And it'll another situation where you can it's fan friendly uh, photos uh, autographs come out and see them play uh, notice that uh, right I mean U of H is about ready to get their uh, cross country going here in about another uh, matter of fact they start they have a uh, uh, a run next weekend and Rice women's volleyball is is it's good. Good. It's been very good for now, a few years now. Yeah. As uh, matter of fact, they've, they've gone to the tournament quite a few times. They uh, won the, uh, uh, the regular season and the tournament uh, in 2009. So they have uh, established themselves as a, a uh, perennial uh, competitor on uh, in, in volleyball. And their your viewer coach is on the blog as well. Yes, it's on the blog as well. Uh, I talked to her last night that uh, they had the open house and uh, fan uh, uh, fan open house uh, on last night uh, at Tudor Field House. Nice crowd, uh, folks, kid friendly. You, you, you got to push that, and it's kid friendly. You know, it's it's not. Uh, you know, kids go and show up. They still at that at that age, at that stage and all. Because uh, matter of fact, uh, Rice has a, uh, a player uh, that uh, that's playing overseas uh, in the uh, professional league. Coach mentioned that last night. Also, you can find that uh, that interview at uh, com. Hit the hot key, college sports report, um, and everything else starts on a week from today. College football. First thing out of the block, North Texas State. And then we wait for the weekend on Saturday. Young man across from me will be excited to see his home his home team represent. See what they can do. See if the defense can stop the folks. Is you that what you waiting on? You face UCLA two thirty the Rob. Yes, sir. It's gonna be should be it better be sold out. I'll be there game time to two thirty. I'll be there about twelve thirty. Get my, okay. get my eat and drink on so I can sober up by one thirty. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you know, it's be interesting how now that I all this other stuff has transpired. I understand that uh, I don't know whether it's, it's, it's a meeting for uh, folks that are tailgating to get tailgate passes or whatever. But uh, I understand something is there's supposed to be a meeting this weekend uh, concerning that that fact because folks we've all seen it in the news, you know, elsewhere people have not. You know, they, they've not been kind. Or they've gone beyond the point of no return, and now you have to reel them in and fence them in. And that's that's sad because tailgating should be fun. Right. And, uh, you know, 
people get some people get like a courage and start fights and act ignorant and, and that's the way we look at it belligerent and um, you know um, we can talk about the ridiculousness that happened between the Raiders and the 49 fans when both got injured and rested and because of that foolishness that both the uh, Raiders and 49 franchises decided to postpone the preseason matchup between the two teams you know things like that just didn't happen um, <clears throat> but it's they happen it seems like they have more and more in different parts you know different in rivalries I mean there's nothing wrong with, with friend, friendly rivalries um you know, cross town rivals, bitter rivals, but there's there's no point in getting into fights and injuries and, and physical and fisticuffs and all those things. That, that makes no sense whatsoever. And once again, you listen to KG and the Fifth Wildcat, the latest podcast, talking about college athletics. We'll get to uh, the big news in just a moment. <clears throat> I want to announce here to show to show that I am not a hater. Um, regarding listen, the, long, up, the Longhorn listen Network, listen up. which uh, I believe launches officially tomorrow, August tomorrow. 26, yes. as we're recording this, um, Longhorn's announced an. Excuse me, let me be specific. ESPN announced the uh, an agreement between Longhorn Network and Verizon. I guess I'm pronouncing this correctly. Verizon FiOS FiOS TV. I'll read just a bit of the press release uh, from it because <clears throat> this is kind of how the word it is. Great PR spin. Joining a growing lineup of regional and national collegiate sports networks on Files TV. Never heard of it. The Longhorn Network has arrived on Files just in time for the start of the college football season. The Longhorn Network is a channel devoted to athletic programming and related activities at the University of Texas. Aren't you happy? Wow, aren't you happy about that? <laughs> hey, um, I'm not going to read the quotes because whatever. Where you find you find you find your place. Correct. Find your place. The national distribution agreement with the Longhorn Network will allow fans of Files and the Longhorns to start watching the network on September 1st. Files TV Ultimate HD subscribers outside of Texas can watch LHN on channel 320 in Texas. Files TV Prime HD. Extreme HD and Ultimate HD subscribers can watch LHN on channel 79 standard definition and 579 high definition okay since I don't have Verizon or whatever doesn't really apply to me um, that's almost like an app type that's situation. what it's about yeah basically um, they got a carrier that's the first carrier uh, I expect more carriers and dis- distributors and all other agreements to start rolling in um, long ones play Rice football September 3rd that game start time that game back to 7 o'clock because of, because of that situation you got to find a carrier for that game so uh, and that's what everybody's waiting on because exactly. once, once that happens then the rest of it can pretty much fall in place and there's a you know the whole LHN agreement with ESPN 20 years 300 million dollars a lot of us believe it's one of the main reasons that the Aggies are deciding to bolt the Big 12 for the SEC and that's almost like a, we, we're talking about it uh, and as we talk today that's pretty much everybody has come to the realization that uh, it's a done deal it's a done deal but it's moving it's slower because the Aggies have to figure out uh, the buyout from the Big 12 right. and, and things and like that. Been, and then go back to what I mentioned last week. Uh, and the 14th team, who that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, there is a an article on New York Times, and I've linked to it on my Twitter uh, account, which is T-H-E-H-R Review. article posted today, some analysis about the Aggies and SEC and, and the potential. 
written by uh, Pete Thamel, I believe how you pronounce Pete's last name. You know, check out the article because he, he brings up a few good points that currently the SEC's agreement, the TV agreement, goes through the year 2025. There's only a handful of time, I guess, in that window of a contract which they can renegotiate. Mm-hmm. So currently, um, the agreement pays payout to the team member teams is about $18 million per team. Per, oh, my goodness. The Aggies right now in the Big 12, I mentioned this, I think, the last podcast or previously, is $20 million. That's part of the agreement that all the 10 member schools agreed to that the Longhorns, Oklahoma, and Aggies would receive $20 million each. So that right there is maybe more standing in the Big 12 than by going to the SEC. But the Aggies are, are banking on a, a renegotiation with uh, in the t- new TV deal with the SEC, which would result in them getting a, a bigger slice of the pie, but, which may not happen. But uh, let's be real about all of this. At postseason, well, since football doesn't have any postseason, they've got bowl games. I think the ba- uh, the the payouts that align as far as bowls align with the SEC payouts are a lot different than what we have in the big what they have in the Big Twelve, and I think that's what everybody's looking at because you get a lump sum the conference because it's split up three ways. Right, you get a, the school gets a lump sum, then the conference. Uh, conference office, rather, and then the individual schools. Now this is divided up, and it's, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's, that payout is between is a minimum of three years and a maximum of five years as far as payout is concerned. And I do think uh, you're probably looking at it right now uh, that the uh, bowls are quite different, quite different. Well, and and they they are involved a lot more than uh, I mean you, you look at their uh, commissioner, and their commissioner, uh, uh, that conference office, they're a lot more involved. You know, it's it's about them working together and not working See, apart. That, that's the that's the key. The SEC schools because they believe are in, working in, together. In, they they believe in, in Vanderbilt not being left out. And a lot of a lot of us believe the Big Twelve is Texas and everybody, everybody else. else. Yeah, and, and for whatever reason, you know that works for some people. But if you look at the SEC and you and I have, have watched Vanderbilt over the years, you know all of their programs, they are still competitive because of a reason. It is not about Alabama, LSU, leaving them out of the mix. It's about everybody sharing that equally and controlling the whole picture because the SEC is ranked number one in football for a reason. They provide a lot of players in the league for a reason. It's about them as a unit, not about, okay, one person or one school and then everybody else. And it's, it's sad, but that Longhorn brand has been the breakup of not one, not two, not three, but almost four different leagues. You know, when you look at it in the, in the big picture, you go from the SWC, Big Six, Big Eight, a smattering of whatever, teams getting thrown out, moving on to Conference USA. Well, actually, at, when, at that time, I think with, with the uh, Metro. Right. And then and teams headed over to the WAC, to the big WAC. That conference splitting up. 
folks moving out five years later to Conference USA, which was another farm in the Mountain West. In the Mountain West, and you look at the ramifications became one school. And just last year, Nebraska left the Big Twelve because for the Big Ten because they were basically tired of the Longhorns running the, <laughs> running the conference. And and folks all had to be could have gotten resolved if UT had said, okay, we'll rotate out between St. Louis and Dallas. But no, they, they decided... That well, it's point blank. If the Longhorns, Longhorns would simply have agreed to a Big 12 network, and, and it's, like the Big 10 schools did, this wouldn't be an issue. And, and the sad part is, the year before, that is when everybody, when the SEC, because it was, what, two years ago when the SEC announced it, their new TV deal? And everybody was like, wow, wow. Well, the Big Ten has had that network for how many years now? At least, what, four? About four. Mm-hmm. You, you, you've got two platforms to go from. And you should have just, just used that as a commissioner. And says, "Okay, we can do that." But, and I got to go back and check. But I, if I'm not mistaken, Mr. Beebe basically looked up and you know when the SEC gave that you know mentioned about that, it says, "Wow, you know that may change things." Well, it did, but it changed things for the worse because people didn't look at that as the big picture. All right, let's move on. I'm going to talk about this, and this is going to take a few minutes as we wind down the podcast. <clears throat> on Tuesday, we talked about the SEC a bit ago, but on Tuesday afternoon, um, Icon, Pat Summit, Legend Pat Summit, publicly announced that uh, <clears throat> she has um, early onset dementia Alzheimer's type um, she, there's an interview that was posted um, that she did posted on the uh, Tennessee Volunteers Radio Volunteers uh, website you've seen it now on ESPN I have it linked on my blog post on the uh, Easter on Barbie website Easter on Barbie dot com um, and, and what it is you know we've many more media have folks on the term early onset dementia rather than what it is. It's Alzheimer's disease right. is what it is. Coach Summit is 59 years old. When I first saw the news, I, w- I was stunned. I was I was, I was was dumbfounded. Uh, I notified you. And you were the same. Um, so we're, go- we're just going to wrap this up these next few minutes of talking about uh, Pat Summit and her impact on women's sports, not just women's college basketball, women's sports, and in a very roundabout way, her impact on us. That's true. Because um, we we actually have had the opportunity to sit behind the bench, press table, and, watch, and not on just one occasion, but on several occasions, during the uh, uh, postseason play and during the, uh, the uh, double hitter 
uh, one of the um, NC2A doubleheaders in, in Tampa. In Tampa, mm-hmm. uh, where they learned, won their last national yeah, championship. We, we, yeah, we've, we've seen them play. I saw them win championship in Cleveland and in Tampa. Um, we saw them in Oklahoma. It was Oklahoma City when they played um, the Sooners. That was part of. Um, that was it was part of the Coast Summit's tour going for a thousand wins. Right. Well, the Sooners won that game, but we were there for that. Um, you know, it's not it's not to say that Coach Summit is friends, you know, of ours, but she is a big part of women's college basketball, which means she has a big part of an impact on us because that's one of the sports that we we cover and focus on. But just to go back, she's been in Tennessee 37 years. You know, she built that program from the ground up, brick, brick by brick. She graduates college and then comes with gets asked to to come and help out with the program and takes over. She doesn't get a break from an adjustment break. She basically steps in and says, "Boom, it's yours. Run with it." And had to, and one of the rare occasions we talking about years ago before it was even fashionable to allow women's sports to thrive on campus. She was given the backing of the uh, administration to just build this program up, which tells you somebody at that point was forward thinking. Agreed, and she's one can. 1071, 1071 games, most uh, wins in, in uh, college basketball, men or women coaching. She has eight national championships. She's impacted so many lives in all levels of sports. Um, Michelle Bopa, colleague of ours, writer for ESPN.com, has a great line in, in her article. Um, typically, we refer to coaches who, who former players, former assistant coaches, leave her, the staff and go come coach somewhere else as a coaching tree. Michelle Vopel refers to Coach Summit's lineage as a coaching forest. That's true. Because that's, that's what it is. She's impacted so many people, and we know one person directly <laughs> uh, who played for Bridget Gordon, who now is the coach of Wichita State. And the time we see Bridget at the Final Four, we don't go five minutes without her talking about past some Tennessee players or you know whatever. Even so, when she was a scout now for the for the league for, back for in the, the day. NBA. We, so Bridget, Pat Summit impacted Bridget, still impacted Bridget in what she does as a coach. And you know you you are in the process of interviewing the area college coaches to get their comments on right. um, on Coach Summit and the announcement of of her her illness. Coach Greg Williams, the Rice head coach. Everybody has said. You know, Coach Summit is a fighter. She's a fighter. She'll do the best she can through this. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a question of how how long or the uh, disease, how long it will take for her to really impact her more so coaching, which will force her to ultimately step down and step away from it. And, and close to a person, everybody that knows her, Yesterday was a calm period, despite as calm as you will ever see her. <laughs> because once the season, you know, school has started, and once uh, practice gets going, she'll be back to herself, and everybody all knows it. Says, "Okay, she's here. Let's get this done." And I wanted, I thought about this uh, after the announcement because she waited for two of her players to get come back from. Uh, World University games, Shakina Strickland and Glory Johnson, who helped USA basketball win a gold medal. 
and kudos to, for the whole squad um, to come back before she made announcement to the team. I I hope Lady Vols fans don't put too much expectations more so than they already do for Lady Vols to win a championship, make the season championship a bust because you know there, there will the be players. on the players because you know there will be fans who will say, "My goodness." Coach Summit is fighting dementia. And she's still coaching, and y'all can't, y'all can't woman up and win this championship for Coach this year, and you know, if possibly send her out on a winning note. This may, who knows? Could be a last year, you know. But depending on how the disease progresses, if it progresses rapidly, or whatever. There's no need. I want anybody to put more pressure on them because I think it's going to happen. Oh, that, that, that's I, you know, after after. I, after going through that initial shock and then sleeping on it, that's why I, uh, I, I got up yesterday and, and it was in my mind and I was going to go and do the interviews and all to, to get comments and all. It was, it was I thought back about uh, about Coach Wooden, uh, knowing everybody here in the area. I basically did the same thing. But the next thing that came out of my mind after that, especially talking to one coach in particular, I thought about how much pressure they're on already as far as the, the later vows. Uh, winning the championship, hanging another banner in, in, uh, in the rafters. Now it's almost to a fan that walks through that door every night. They are looking at those players more than they're looking at coach. It's almost like you are bound by the uniform that you wear, that another banner should be hanging in the rafters. And you and I have watched them go through a drought. Not because UConn was just better, but they just went through a drought because of the mental strain and stress that's put on them by the fans. Not by coach, but by fans. And um, showing up, greeting them, seeing them out and about. Gotta win. Gotta win. Gotta win. Lady Vol Nation is is massive. Best, I mean, and clearly this is in relation to women's college basketball. But there's only there's two huge support bases <laughs> that, that are basically nationwide. Right, that's it. UConn Nation yep. and Lady Vol Nation. Every Final Four, the representative, whether the school is in the Final Four playing or not, there'll be fans from both those schools in attendance at those games. It's just a question of how many will be there. So, <clears throat> Pat Summit, uh, with the announcement of her uh, early onset dementia, <clears throat> Alzheimer's, got me thinking about another thing. Uh, Coach Oriyama, Jun Oriyama, uh, was quoted saying that Pat is a fighter and, and Pat will, if anyone can beat this, she will and supports her and everything. It just goes to show how petty. And how ludicrous, but how fans are. Because the last three, four years, Tennessee fans, UConn fans cannot stand each other. They don't sit next They to have each other. disdain for one another. They don't buy tickets next to each other. The, it's, I mean, I, I think it's, there's still respect there, mutual respect, but it, it got to a point of hatred. Yeah. You know. We talk about senior citizens now, folks. We not talk about just you know just a, the, you know why did person. why doesn't Pat want to play anymore? I was because she didn't want you kind of beat Tennessee anymore. Blah blah. blah. You know they're they're afraid to kick their butt. Blah blah blah. All that kind of stuff. 
And yet, once the announcement came out, UConn fans, thoughts and prayers, Pat Summit. God bless you, Pat Summit. Uh, so, it takes a medical emergency for us to take a step back and realize, you know, this is only a basketball game. Yeah. We're getting all wrapped up in, in a rival, hating, having venom toward a rival, and yet, in reality, it's just a basketball game. It, it's, yesterday is a photo about the uh, A&M bonfire and the UT tribute at halftime brought back another memory um, of how schools actually understand that they are more alike than they are different. Right. Where where things are concerned, you know, as far as the schools. That's why when when you you look when you sit back and you look at you know the uh, the the games, the situation, the final fours, uh, that the uh, preseason non-conference games that UConn and Tennessee have had over the years. You think about the Tennessee and the La Techs over the past. Uh, the USC and the La Tech over the past. At some point... La Tech and Texas. That's true. I almost forgot about that. You know, that's right. UT was a power. It used to get things done on a regular basis. And I, yes, it's been a while since they've been to a Final Four. But... Uh, they, they used to wreck havoc. Stacey Stevens. You know, Clarissa Davis. You're going, you're going back. You're <laughs> about Stacey Stevens, man. Well, you know, I'm looking at what I was looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, Coach Jody Conrad, they roll up in time and says, all right, let's get this done. Who's taking this butt kicking? Who's next on the list? You know, and folks, I will tell you this much. Texas used to be like... Tennessee attracted more fans at the stadium than the men's basketball. Old days over. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully they'll return. Um, and Big 12 Basketball Media Day. Yeah. Have you got that? October. Uh, the announcement probably won't come out for another few weeks right around after Labor Day when they send out the request for credentials. Yeah, Anything on like the that. schedule? Assistance. I know you've well, I wanted to touch, touch on this. Uh, Tennessee. Lady Vols will be coming to Austin to play Texas uh, Sunday, oh. December 4th. Oh, man. So, folks, you better get tickets. So, you better get tickets. Get that. I mean, please do. But, <laughs> but winter wise, I am I, <laughs> speaking for myself and the Wildcat. We will be in attendance <laughs> at that game. Oh, yeah. We were going to probably be there anyway. But now that Coach Summer made this announcement, yeah. this may be your last time coming yeah. to Texas. So, we're not going to miss this. Yeah. You know, God willing, both of us will be there covering that basketball game. And folks, I'm gonna tell you, we are, as I say, bound to determine when it's a bound to determine moment. That's a bound to determine moment. Correct. Um, oh, that's, that's, go ahead. Uh, I know you've had a chance to look at the uh, Big Twelve uh, uh, schedule. Anything uh, else on there that you saw that was notable on the women's side that kind of like jumped out at you before? Uh, well, Connecticut comes to. Uh, Waco, I think I know. I know the Aggies play Connecticut in uh, in New York, part of the. Um, no, I'm talking about in the area. Area-wise, no, I don't think anything is. Nothing is on that level. No, so other than uh, the UT and Tennessee game. Let me let me be sure of the uh, Baylor Connecticut matchup because I mean you know that's uh, Brittany Griner. 
going against UConn, beating Grand Odyssey Sims and Kim Oki going against you know him and his talented squad. And you know Maya Moore has left Connecticut, graduated, but uh, UConn does not. <laughs> they reload. They don't rebuild. They reload. You know, and they've got a class this, this coming in next year. And he's got a great class uh, coming in of top-notch talent to go along with the talent he had from last season. So it's women's basketball, women's college basketball is an up-and-coming sport in terms of generating interest from Joe fan, Joe and Jill fan. We've been supporting it for a while, covering it for a while. But yep, uh, December 18th, UConn comes to Waco, 7.30 Central Time. That's sure that's going to be on ESPN 2. Um, you think we'll be able to get in this time? I don't say that's a Tuesday. I'm not sure if that's a... Let me see if that's a Tuesday or, or a Sunday. Um... We'll be able to get in this time. That's hey, you know, I'm not even I'm not even going to get into all those discussions. You know, if, if we apply soon enough and hang on the coattails of our friend and colleague, maybe she can get put in a good word for us and and get us in the building. Um, nope, that's a Sunday, so that's even better. Oh yeah, so yeah, that that improves the chances of us being approved for the game. But uh, heck, Baylor plays Tennessee and Knoxville, so uh, oh. Kim's got a her typical uh, getting ready for for Big Twelve. Yep, to face the defending national champions Texas A&M Aggies. I got to plug that in, you know. So uh, Coach Blair would be upset if you didn't, without a doubt. And hopefully, as we work this out and we wrap it up here, we're going to start uh, including interviews during the podcast. We'll, we'll splice those in intermittently in the future. Probably starting once football season uh, gets underway and naturally when basketball season begins. Not even going to discuss the NBA lockout. That's probably going to start meet, uh, or agree to meet first part of September or whatever. Uh, one last thing regarding the lockout. Uh, Maurice Evans, vice president of the Player Association, and the article on sportsillustrator.com. I want to read this little statement from you so you can hear it. Uh, Wildcat, uh, let me see. Maurice Evans says something along the lines of, we are willing to sit out this season and more. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I hadn't heard that yet. So our interview was yesterday. So the article came out early this morning. Um... Basically, Mo takes some shots at uh, Commissioner Stern's recent comments in the podcast by Bill Simmons, um, discrepancies in, in uh, salary numbers and figures and disputing figures and and <clears throat> all kinds of reading articles. I was depressed uh, after, I, after I read it, but I was, I was surprised that Maurice says that we are willing to sit out this season and more. That's that's bold talk. That sounds asinine to me. That sounds revolution. That real revolution. He, he, he did say they're not going to decertify. It's, you know, it's Uh-oh. it's an option, but it's not something they want to do. They want to negotiate. They want to get to the table with the owners and negotiate an agreement, a, a fair agreement to both for both parties, but rather than the owner's proposal, which is all one-sided in favor of the owners. Uh, Maurice said, you know, we want everybody to make money. The agreement that the owners have been proposing, they're the only ones making money. So, you know, it's rhetoric. Take it for what it is. Wrap it up. How can folks find you? Uh, you can find me at www.kingsizeview.com. I'm part of the King, uh, King Arts Production crew. We've got a uh, high school. Uh, uh, we talk about all sports here. We talk, uh, high school sports starts, starts tonight. 
King Size uh, View uh, and uh, King Arthur Productions putting on the Book of Brian football classic between two historically um, HISD schools, Booker T. Washington from the north side, blue and gold, and Jack Yates from the from third ward, red and gold, or crimson and gold. And uh, this Saturday night, 7 o'clock p.m. at Del Mar Stadium. Folks, come on out. Be a big crowd, big crowd. High school sports support your uh, local high schools and your local colleges. This is Fifth Ward Wildcat signing out. And this is KG, Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. You can go to the website, HoustonRoundBallReview.com. Catch me on Twitter. Catch me on Facebook at the fan page, Houston Round Ball Review fan page. Twitter is uh, T-H-E-H-R Review. Thank you, as always, for listening. And in conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.